Hi, everyone. This is Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. Halloween is officially over <laughs> for everyone but us. <laughs> right? It's been over for a while. It's like the second week in November, but hey. Not for us. It took a minute. <laughs> How is it not over for us? Because we're, we're going to keep talking about it. Yeah, or Halloween all year long. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And also, I believe we, the last time we recorded, we still hadn't done our sort of um, capstone events for October. Yeah, that's true. You had a party or something that you went we to. Had a, right? We had a small gathering of some folk. <laughs> a little like-minded Halloween gathering. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> we had um, decorations. I bought, I bought my friend, he, he was called Scary Jack. He was this massive... Um, scarecrow that was like over six feet tall that he hung up and like just yelled his eyes was you know his eyes lit up and then mm -hmm. he had the same voice of like one of the deep voices from the haunted mansion when he okay. yelled it was really cool we had zombies all over the house the, the zombies were setting off the ghost that was in the corner who would then set <laughs> off it was really funny and then we went to uh, i don't know if you know of this place shannon mm. i've recently found it and i'm obsessed with it and it's open all year round and it's in Burbank and it's called Halloween Town. Um, I've heard of it and I have not gone. Let me just tell you that I'm glad I left um, a lot of credit cards at home <laughs> and purposely brought very little cash uh. because it has every single piece of memorabilia <gasps> that you can possibly think of, including really rare artifacts like the action figure from Reanimator. Oh I mean, God. it has... Whatever you've ever seen, you there's something you can buy for it. You can buy for it. This is the merch beyond it's merch. On, there's five different rooms, and one of the rooms actually has a, a throwback to classic horror, vintage stuff, really nice stuff. They had a couple Halloween villages. One was the Adams Family. One was the Munsters. You could buy all of the old Universal. Do you remember back in the um, like when they would make action figures early eighties or late seventies? It was the like the tiny little guys. I don't know if you remember that. Mm -mm. Okay, all of the original Universal horror monsters still oh in their boxes gosh. and everything. Oh I mean, it's everything. All of the Bicel die cuts that I've talked about on here wow. before. You can buy all of those for the house. Uh, I know that I need to go back. So my friend who had the the, the gathering, he was like, "Wait, you." How have you never been there? So we went. Because I value my pocketbook. <laughs> I, uh, no, I maybe you do. That's <laughs> certainly not why it was for me. I, I walked in there. I literally said, and you know what's funny is I didn't spend a dime. I was so overwhelmed. And I looked at him. I said, I'm so overwhelmed that I'm just taking everything in. I actually have to go back before I decide. Because you just it's weren't. So, so you walk in, it's like, Ooh, every t-shirt, every patch, every pin, every action figure, every, it's unbelievable. Yeah, for for you not having bought like 45,000 of those kinds of things, right? I was in shock. It was like, oh, I don't know what, like, how do I narrow Where it down? Where do I start? Where do I start? What, what collection do I want to have? Well, you've been doing patches, so I assume patches would be kind right. of your first thing. And so I didn't, I didn't get any because I'm, the, the ones I do have, I'm still putting on. So I need to put right the placement, but I it'll be like, there. <gasps> I mean, I was like a kid in a Toys R Us. I was going to say, because it's all year long, it's there. It's, You'll be all well, right. That was it's another there thing. for you, like, right? I'm an adult. I have impulse control. <laughs> I will go back, but it's occasionally <laughs> flipping awesome. And I love that Burbank's not super close. Like it's still a little bit of a drive, Thank but goodness. close enough. Close enough. It's yeah. not walking distance, but um, it does make sense that it's in Burbank. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 
I, uh, I have been waiting to ask you. Yes, ma'am. About Joe Bob's event. Oh, right. Yay. So I have talked previously. I went to Joe Bob's Haunted Drive-In. Uh, for those of you who don't know, or maybe you've heard us talk about it, Joe Bob Briggs is a character that an actor plays, and he's like an Elvira. He's a host of horror movies, and he's been doing it for decades, ever since Monster Vision and stuff, and now he's on Shudder. And they did live events. They do live events a lot. Like they go to the conventions and stuff like that. And Joe Bob's Haunted Drive-In. So it was at the Rose Bowl, Mm -hmm. which for locals, you know what that is. For non-locals, it's just a massive outdoor. It's like where we have the swap meet. (laughs) It's it's UCLA Stadium, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And you you drive in and there's like B and C and D. It's like a convention center, only outside. (laughs) It's funny. I was there the next day for something else. Oh, really? How funny. Yeah. And so, um, you know, drive up to, you know, lot H or whatever, and you can see the big like kind of screen set Mm -hmm. up. And so it was like what he did was he created a drive in, which is Joe Bob's whole thing, like Mm -hmm. drive in movies. And so... Um, let's see. Yeah. In the car with my friend and we parked like we were to drive in, got there really early. So we were like in the second row. Wow. Which was really good. Good planning on my part actually, because the screens weren't that big. So even like when I went in line to go get like signatures from Joe Bob and Darcy and stuff, Mm -hmm. I couldn't even really see the screen from where I was okay. standing. So, did they was, have them signing while the movies were playing? It or? was beforehand, okay. except for in very typical, and I love them. Yeah, in very typical Joe Bob and Darcy style, they were sort of like late to start yeah. and hanging out, and they were they're so friendly that they were like talking to everybody for a while. So, there was some overlap. Yeah, <laughs> let's put it that way for people who were sort of farther back in the line. But Felissa Rose was there too, star of Sleepaway Camp, mm-hmm. and many many other sort of campy movies. Um, so. There was the beforehand where you could go and pick up the merch that you pre-purchased, which I did. I got one of their posters for them to sign, mm-hmm. and then I got some books and stuff. And then um, there were food trucks, which was cool. There cool. were food trucks. There were um, different things you could buy or what have you. And so basically you go in, you park, you get your merch that you already bought. You stand in line, you get signatures, you go back to your car. You know, we brought like chicken, we brought like fried chicken or whatever. We brought like dinner with us and mm-hmm. ate. And what it was, was a program of about a hundred minutes of horror shorts. Okay. That, uh, they curated that were <laughs> typical kind of Joe Bob style. I think the first one, which was actually, I think my favorite was called snake dick. <laughs> so there was that. Oh, oh, the other one that I really liked. There was two that I really liked. The other one was called The Devil's Asshole. Oh, and, and it was snake basically dick. like a bloody thing that came out of this bowl and was talking to this woman. Oh my god! <laughs> and then would like sneeze or spit on her, yeah. and like just like the splatter of blood. It was so. I'm not describing it, <laughs> although maybe that's of interest to you. But the two shorts I really liked was Snake Dick and uh, The Devil's Asshole. Yeah, those sound wonderful. Which made me sound, yeah. you know, I'm cussing without <laughs> trying. <laughs> without trying because it's yeah. in the title. But how did, how did you find them to be when you got They were the, very sweet. Yeah. They're just really sweet people. Yeah. And I also got to watch them like talk to the people in front of me. Yeah. You know, the two or three people that are in front of you and you hear them chat with everyone. And I'm, I'm really shy in those kinds of situations. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, we talk a lot here and I have no problem meeting people and talking to people in my profession, but 
I, as a child, I was incredibly shy. And that comes up when I'm in a situation where I've got to talk to someone that feels a little bit forced for them. Right. Right. Like when I meet someone new, it's not, we're both meeting. We're like doing that consensually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I have, when I'm, they, meeting, they have to be on, they have to be on and you just never know how someone's going to be. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten a lot of, I'm a, a total book hoarder. And so I've gotten a lot of books signed. I have a lot of books signed over the years. So I've done a lot of these kinds of things. And, um, but, and you just don't know how, and you don't know what to say. It's just sort of an awkward thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was awkward because mm-hmm. I'm awkward in those, I think everyone's awkward in those kinds of situations. Um, but they were super sweet and kind and they signed my books and my poster and stuff. So I'll Very frame cool. that and put up like a nerd, but, um, yeah. Then sat and watched the movies, and then what it was was a zombie invasion. So, oh, that's cool. There's a like a hundred actors who are dressed up like zombies with the full makeup and everything. And then, so at some point after like the first or second film, the zombies were released into the drive-in, mm-hmm. and they were around. Mm-hmm. And so once I got back to the car, and I'm in the car eating my fried chicken. Every now and then, a zombie would come up to the window and scare the living oh, that, crap out that's of you. Cool. Yeah. So that was a fun part of it. And in amongst the shorts, in between each short, it was um, Joe Bob and Darcy and Felissa Rose and I think a couple of other sort of stars of older movies having little skits in between. So it was all in all, it was a lovely way to spend a COVID Halloween. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun, actually. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So uh, leaving that behind, that leads us into a little segment we like to call... Thanks with care. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, let's see. Okay. Number one. Oh, Jesus. She's yelling at us. The name of this film is actually a word a child would invent. Number two. This film scared the shit <laughs> out of William Friedkin, the director of The Exorcist. Number three, some believe the name of this movie is an anagram for, for a bad book. Number, man, four or five. I don't know. Four. <laughs> I flipped some of these around. The director indicated that this is less about horror and more about facing our shadow side. And number five, an adult stand-in was used in scenes where the mother was verbally abusing her child. Mm, fair. Yeah, the Babadook. You got it. Yay! And we're going to do an episode on that next week. Yeah, that's why I chose it. I, I, I loved this. You know, I've said this is in my top yeah. five most scary. So to hear that William Friedkin was scared by it made it feel even more validating. Very comforting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's made some scary movies, so if he was scared. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I'm just happy that there's been a couple that I've gotten recently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, uh, you know, redeem my horror cred. <clears throat> um, oh, you were going to talk a little bit about nightmares, I think. You know, I just found some interesting, this is pretty quick, but just some quick facts. Um, nothing that's really new to our industry, but I know that I have clients who come in and they'll talk about their nightmares. And I know there's a lot of, 
information about dreams and nightmares and and not going so much into the the unconscious part of it, but more so maybe some of the functionality of it that some people may not realize. You bet. Um, so because I think we, there are times where nightmares can be a symbol of uh, other problems, sleep disorders, physical disorders, neurological disorders, uh, mental health stuff. That's not so much where I'm going here. It's more about um, can they actually be functional at times? And so I looked at a number of different articles and just to summarize some of the the really quick facts that came up are nightmares are actually practice for the real thing. So we tend to dream about um, things that we are, you know, maybe imagining we might have to face. So we practice them. Um, It might be our way of preparing ourselves for particular fearful situation. I know in my life, there are times I'm like, why do I keep dreaming about this? And then really digging through that and going, because I'm anticipating X, Y, or Z and all this keeps coming up. So it can be information for us to let us know what are, what is it that we're trying to work through right now? Maybe paying some more attention, attention to that in our, in our wake world. Um, whether you're in therapy or just being mindful of that, it's, uh, it could be preparation or helping you to be less afraid so in a way, it is a, a way of building distress tolerance around something. Um, like horror films. It, exactly. Horror films. So uh, nightmares pick up universal fears people have. So, you know, a lot of people will say, uh, no one's ever had this. I don't think anyone's ever had a dream quite like this before. The truth is, is there's, you know, five or six main themes um, that people just have variations of. So we like to think that our nightmares are incredibly unique, but they're, they t- they're typically a variation of some central theme that we all share, mm-hmm. right? And so th- I thought this last piece was pretty interesting, and it makes perfect sense to me or anyone that might do trauma work, but they were saying in this article how virtual reality and video gaming can actually increase lucid dreaming and help those with PTSD, um, like war veterans, learn to lucid dream um, and control, you know, help them feel more in control of some of their fears. So I thought that was kind of a cool fact. That's very cool fact. Yeah. I am. Um, when I work with people with dreams, I often key into the metaphor of it. That's just where I go, of course. And then also the feelings that come up. Mm -hmm. It's like not so much the content. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can talk about that as well, but it's usually, I find it's usually a metaphor, not always, but that's not usually concrete. No. (laughs) And, um, and then what the feeling was that came up and then we work with the feeling. Yeah. Our, our dreams are very rarely about the content. Like you said, it's very, very, you know, if you had a sex dream. Uh, I may not okay. have anything to do with sex. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to give me a little bit more than that because, yeah. <laughs> you know, hey. So all in all, nightmares are not uh, always a bad thing. Oh, no. I, I believe that as well. But I can see how people don't want to have them anyway. <laughs> no, they don't feel good. <laughs> no, no, not usually. But they are transient, you know. Yeah. It doesn't last usually. Yeah. Um, I wanted to share, actually, I... Uh, I have someone in my life that, uh, in my family that sends me, um, sometimes sends me the press releases from uh, the justice system, basically, the Department of Justice, U.S. Attorney's Office. Um, And I was reading, and it just happened to be that they sent me a case from Friday, November 6th, their press releases, so they're, you know, this isn't private information at all. 
but it's, it was right here. It was local. So I wanted to share it with you, actually. Mm-hmm. A San Fernando Valley man charged by federal grand jury with cyber stalking in case that targeted woman with death threats. And I just think, uh, you know, it's cyber crimes are often, uh, they're relatively new mm-hmm. to us because there was no cyber before mm-hmm. <laughs> 20, 30 years ago, 30 years ago, I guess. So at Fred- Los Angeles, a federal grand jury today returned an indictment that charges a Chatsworth man with cyber stalking two sisters by sending them text messages that threaten them with rape and murder. I just thought it might this case might give us a just a brief opportunity to talk a little bit about because um, stalking is also a new charge and mm-hmm. cyber crimes are pretty new. So in our lifetime, these things have come up. Um, this 25-year-old man was named in a six-count indictment that outlines a harassment and threat campaign that spanned a three-week period this summer. The indictment charges him with two counts of stalking and four counts of making threats by interstate communications, specifically text messages. He is currently in state custody, serving a sentence resulting from a parole violation. Uh, Let me just scan to the indictment. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Did he know his victims? The indictment, let me just, I'll just read the rest. Okay. And uh, the indictment filed today in the United States, today meaning November 6th, uh, started in late July and continued until August 18th, used text messages and internet communications to place the two victims, quote unquote, in reasonable fear of death and serious bodily injury, and that he intended to cause, quote unquote, substantial emotional distress. And I do those quote unquotes and all of that because it's, it's interesting to know the legal Mm-hmm. ramifications of it after being told by victim one and her family that the woman did not want to communicate with him on july 31st he allegedly created a listing on craigslist that offered a room for rent at victim one's home and invited prospective renters to stop by anytime wow right antagonistic yeesh it's invasive all of that On August 2nd, he allegedly sent anonymous text messages to a friend of victim one that demanded victim one's phone number, threatened to publish nude photographs of the victim, and threatened to send someone to rape her. Wow. The indictment states also that on August 11th and the 18th, he sent numerous anonymous text messages to victim one and victim two, because remember, they're sisters, so I'm, I'm kind of assuming they live together, that include a series of threats, such as, I'm outside, I see you guys, payback is a bitch, um, she gets what she deserves, um, That's that kind of stuff. And later, the messages included threats such as, have either of you been raped? I guess you will experience that soon. I have a gun, those kinds of things. And on and on. There's sort of a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, The indictment contains allegations that the defendant had committed a crime um, previously, I guess. Um, Every defendant is pre-assumed innocent until, you know, proven guilty, et cetera. Um, If he's convicted he would face a statutory maximum sentence of five years in federal prison. God, I feel like this doesn't feel like enough. Yeah, and uh, he's being investigated by the FBI. So um, it's also being prosecuted by the assistant United States attorney of the cyber and intellectual property crimes section. So I don't know if they knew each other to answer your question. That's not in the press release. I imagine it's private. You know, it's part yeah. of the case. This is an ongoing, this has just happened. It's just been charged. These cases always trigger me because my mind 
and this, this is maybe just my bias, but my mind goes to the, that narcissistic incel, um, the guys that hang out on the dark web and, um, you know, demonize women. And, okay. um, it's just the whole, like, if I can't have you, no one will, or I, you know, I hate women. I want to see them tormented. And there's so much of that on 8chan and 4chan and all of these, you know, um, sites where we see incels mm -hmm. having lots of discussions. So when I hear a case like this, my mind goes, unless we, there's some sort of proven delusional disorder, which it doesn't sound like, you know, he's not saying you're mine. Um, it, it sounds like his, his MO is to torment them. And it's just five years. It's a slap on the wrist. That's why I mentioned this. That's why I think it's really interesting to talk about stalking and cyber crimes because honestly, they're new. Yeah, and, the, and this guy's savvy with the online platform, which makes me also go to that space of what other platforms is he on and, and who's enabling him? And is he going back to these forums? Like, I'm doing this. And they're like, yeah, man, go out and fuck this woman. You know, it's that because these these platforms are, are there and they're available. Mm -hmm. So he was just charged uh, two days ago. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Okay. Um, we did a buddy watch onto the horror films. We did a buddy watch of All Hallows Eve. We did. 2013. This is the, um, I watched this for free on Tubi. I just want to mention that. Uh, Tubi is a service that has a great horror library, by the way, and it's entirely free. You just have to watch the ads. You know, it's got some ads, um, but it's a streaming service. I have Roku. Uh, lots of people have Fire Stick or whatever they, mm -hmm. whatever you guys use, but um, Tubi has a pretty great, uh, actually, horror library. And things leave and come, just like Netflix or anything else. So you want to kind of, and they they actually have a section on Tubi that's called "Not on Netflix." <laughs> oh, how funny! <laughs> Meaning you can't get this on Netflix yeah. type of thing. There's a lot you can't get on Netflix. Yeah, though. Netflix is like they don't really hold on to things for very long. Well, and they also have a lot of competition now. Yeah. So, I mean, we all have, you know, Shudder, Hulu, uh, Netflix, HBO yeah. Max, Showtime. I mean, they all have certain titles that are just there. I just, I just feel like when you look at um, Shudder and uh, even Hulu, but also, um, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Shudder, Hulu, and Prime. Right. You can really find whatever you want. And you're paying for that. You're also paying for Netflix, but some of the bigger titles, they don't, they don't have on there that... The, they no. just don't. And I, it, it's interesting. They have a lot of smaller, which I like a lot of the smaller titles too. I just find it for it to be such a major, you know, streaming network and half the time you can't find a big title on there. Well, and newer stuff. Um, yeah. Newer stuff. You just pay a couple of bucks for or whatever. Um, and COVID. So it's like yeah. a weird year for you it too. You can pay for stuff on Netflix? Like no, a paper? no, oh. on Prime. Oh yeah, Prime. That's what I'm saying. Like, But Netflix you're already paying for. And it's just, I don't know. Just That's why they don't have the big stuff is my point. Yeah. Is that the people who want to make money off of those movies are going to get more money. Mm -hmm. Especially in if Purview. it's a movie from the last five years, they're going to yeah. get more money if they pay for it. So they make a deal with Prime, and then they have the money that they made with Prime, and they have the a percentage of the money that Prime makes off of the rental. Can I just say, total side note, but yeah. I I bought Halloween twenty eighteen. 
the new one oh. just and i rewatched it like on a blu-ray with um, extras and stuff no i just bought on prime just oh, to oh, have oh, this oh, sorry. Just, i just bought it <laughs> yeah um because i it's so good if people oh, yeah. haven't seen it it's so good and when i went to rewatch it I'm, i forgot how good it was yeah. i watched it, i think that on i watched it on all hallows eve actually nice so all hallows eve 2013 we've actually got together and watched this together did. this this was <laughs> what did you think okay so First of all, this is an independent anthology horror movie. So it's like three, I think it's three stories that have a theme of Art the Clown, mm -hmm. who's the bad guy. And Art the Clown was eventually memorialized and, and became the bad guy in the Terrifier movies. So, but this was first. And so anthology. Okay. So what'd you think? First of all, for it being um, an independent film, right? It started off as an yep. independent film. Um, sure is. I thought it was pretty well done. I think it was pretty flipping scary, mm -hmm. and parts of it were incredibly disturbing. I mean, the 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 visuals were not great because they didn't have a lot of the budget yet. And right. I think with with what they had, they they did a good job. However, at the end, one of the last scenes where the one girl is left like without limbs and she's that was actually a really disturbing scene where she wakes up and her face looks like she's okay like she's just kind of blinking but then the the camera pulls back and what you see that was that like was a got little you, traumatizing yeah i mean yeah i would say that the third segment was the scary segment yeah but I, the other two segments weren't that scary to me but the third it, he's one a great i thought was villain. the best he's a great villain well, and I also think that the best things about this was Art the Clown. Yeah. Like, there was lots of slow bits. There was yeah. lots of bits I didn't think no, really he's worked. Pretty, he's terrifying. Yeah. And so I can understand why they took him out and actually made a pretty good horror film in Terrifier. I don't know if you've seen it, but mm -mm. it's um it's a pretty good horror film. It's simple and straightforward and Art the Clown, and he's terrifying in it. And then they made a couple of sequels, I think. So, um. I can see why they took him out of this and made a movie with a little bit of a budget. Um, I I don't think I would watch this again unless no. I was in some sort of like group watch or something. Yeah. I, I tend to be really like open to whatever group, you know, when group watches are happening, it's like, what are you watching? Okay, sure. Why not? Especially if I've already seen it before. Cause you know, I could do other things while we're watching it or whatever, but so I won't choose to watch this again, but I did want to see, I mean, one of the reasons why I thought it was a good idea is because I wanted to kind of see where Art the Clown started. Mm, and I you did, saw Terrifier first? Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I saw Terrifier already and I had never seen this. Oh, you hadn't seen this. For some mm -mm. reason, I thought you had already watched it. Mm -mm. Okay. Maybe because I knew you had seen Terrifier. Yeah. And I just, I thought that third, the third piece of the anthology was, um, it was most like Terrifier. So I was looking at it from that vantage point too, as it's like, it was most like Terrifier. Man, if you so. look at the, uh, the 2017 poster for Terrifier, yeah. I mean, he's, he's scary. It's a good movie. I would, have to watch it. Maybe yeah, I'll put should. it on my list to talk about. Yeah, um, put it on your list because, um, I mean, I just think it's part of the horror of landscape yeah. that you might want to check out, especially since we saw this. And um, Okay. I'm actually surprised I've never seen it before because it's just one of those movies that draws me. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of why I'm like, yeah, it's a good movie. You'll like it because, <laughs> uh, you know, I've seen it and it just seems sort of right up your alley. It's definitely a slasher. Cool. And if you find Art the Clown scary there's more of him mm -hmm. and it's more thought out more developed you know cool. so it's All good right. uh so 
In the month of October, I took on a challenge of watching. I wanted to try to watch 100 horror movies in the month of October. And I did that. And I far exceeded that, actually. <laughs> and I wanted a grand to, total. And I wanted to talk about it a little bit. 150. Jesus. I know, right? So I have I have some strategies because I do have a full time job. <laughs> and Is it other this things to do? <laughs> yeah, right. Is this my full time job now? Uh, if only. Um, but no, uh, I was going to talk about how I did it because it does seem a little bit nutty. Um, it's funny because I'm on a Discord server, the Joe Bob Discord server too, which mm-hmm. is free to anybody who wants to go on there. And they had the challenge, and it's where I got the idea. They were doing a challenge, and you could get like goofy rolls or whatever on there, like little, um, not bread rolls, but <laughs> um, titles basically. Yeah. And then I didn't even actually realize till like halfway through that like the person who watched the most movies was going to get like a special thing or whatever. I was actually just trying to make it to a hundred. I was thought mm-hmm. that was a, to me, that was a stretch goal. <laughs> and then I hit a hundred, like, I don't know, like day the 20. second day. No, no, <laughs> like day 20 or something. So how did I do that with a full-time job and, you know, other shit to do? Um, there was a couple of things I noticed is that during, I mean, first of all, I would never be able to do that if COVID wasn't happening and I wasn't working from home a lot Mm -hmm. because I would be too tired. You know, I wasn't, I would just be too tired to do it Mm -hmm. if I was going to the office every day. So I knew that this was my only opportunity to give this a shot because this is not going to happen again. Um, God willing, we're not in this situation next year. Um, the other thing was, is I get up really early. So I would watch one or two, mo- you know, and some horror movies are only like an hour and 10 minutes, yeah. an hour and, hour and 30 half. minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would get up really early in the morning and I'd be having my coffee and whatever. And, you know, work is several hours away and I would watch a movie or two, you know, and then at night I, you know, when my eight hour job or whatever, I would start watching movies right? and they would just be on. And even if I was doing documentation or working still or taking phone calls, I can just pause it. Right. Like no big deal. I didn't have to be like, I must watch this movie and I must concentrate a hundred percent on this movie for this particular kind of challenge. I didn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. Like for the movies that we review and talk about on the show. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have to do that for this. I just needed to watch movies and some of them I'd already seen, but, and they're like your yearly Halloween watches, you know, Mm -hmm. I got all those in also sometimes I would just watch, you know, 30 or 45 minutes of a movie And then I would just sort of set it aside in my mind or on my list or something. And then there'd be a day where, um, you know, on my lunch break, I'd watch the rest. Mm -hmm. So sometimes by the time Saturday came, I had like three or four movies that I'd already mostly watched and only just had to polish off the last half Mm -hmm. or the last half an hour. So Mm -hmm. that was another way to like get more movie watches in is just start watching something. Yeah. Whenever you're doing something. I do that. Yeah, so me too. With your house, though, not to make this like kind of, but being on one level, yes, I, I have think one, and being a able to house. where I have two. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, depending on where I am, I mean, I do go into the office, but um, for most days, I teach from home still, and I I do every once in a while we'll see clients from my office at home. But yeah, most of you know 
the stuff I watch is going to be up in my room. And so the up in, I, I can't leave it on and be doing other stuff. It's a little bit harder where I, it, the way that the house is set up, but yeah, like I can be in the living room <clears throat> watching something yeah. and I can go into the kitchen or the bathroom or whatever, but I always, I would pause it, especially if it was a movie I hadn't seen before because <laughs> yeah. I want to know what's happening. I didn't, yeah. I wasn't just like running movies and not watching them. Like yeah. I could speak a little bit intelligently about every movie I watched because um, I have done that in the morning, though, if I'm doing some work and I have it just playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I mostly worked from I, I worked a lot from home in October. Mm -hmm. So now I'm back going back to the office a couple of days a week. And mm -hmm. so that's fine. Yeah. But for October, that was fun. So um, I feel like I've been talking for a while. So I want you to kind of talk about one of your things. But I'll, I'll mention a couple of the movies that I watched. That yeah, I, really I did. Liked. I didn't watch 150. Uh, but I did watch. I Nobody did. There was a, a <laughs> series that I started, uh, and I'm kind of I'm unsure of it still. I'm in the first season. I think there's a few seasons. Fair. Um, it's called Channel Zero. Have you watched it? Mm -mm. Okay. It's those of you who are familiar with creepy pasta. So Slender. Oh, I watched the first episode. Okay, of this. yeah. Just so one, though. so Slender Man, Jeff the Killer, that whole genre. I started to watch it because I liked the 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 story, which is it's a child psychologist returns to his hometown to determine if his brother's disappearance is somehow connected to a series of similar incidents and in a bizarre children's television series that aired at the same time. Um, it's it's good. It holds me to a cert, for a certain you know amount of time, but I'm not in, incredibly glued. I kind of want to finish this first season to see if it delivers. Um, but it, ha it definitely has its creepy moments. Mm -hmm. um, I think the creepiest part, though, is the creature. He's made of teeth. <laughs> so yeah. the first time you see him, because this woman is is collecting teeth, and then you figure out why. That's what she feeds him, and that's how he stays alive. I almost vomited, though. Like, when he came <laughs> out of the woods, and he was made of... And, and they do this close-up, and it's all the different shapes and sizes of teeth. <laughs> and he's so gross and pathetic, and I kind of feel sorry for him at the same time. Like, I'm, I may feed him teeth, just... Um, he's almost like the creature from a racer head. It's just like, it, he makes me sad looking at him. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of sci-fi-ish, yeah. uh, horror, but, but it, it takes place in a small town and you find out very early on. So I'm not giving anything away that he actually killed his twin. Mm. Um, and so, but because of this, you know, really weird connection to this childhood television show, and this other force is really what forced him to do it. And he's, he starts to try to explain to his mother who flips out and basically says, get the fuck out of my house. And yeah. um, so all of this stuff starts to to happen. And it's gotten a little bit meatier, but it, it has, it's very, um, it, it has this, I don't know, this feeling of, it's not a lot of dialogue. There's this really kind of creepy ambiance so I think that's what pulls me into it. It's it's kind of dark and cold. The atmosphere. Um, atmospheric. That was the word I'm looking for. Yeah, that uh, that sort of holds me because it's it's depressing and scary and cold. And I think just we're going into winter. So mm -hmm. I don't know. It just kind of pulled kinda me. It works yeah. for now. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I watched, I, and I did watch the first episode of that, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. And then I just, you know, there's so much. <laughs> well, the first episode wasn't great. Yeah. I, I kind of, I had to go into the second and third to yeah, really get totally it. Yeah, it's totally on my list to try and keep going. Mm -hmm. I just, uh, October hit. 
I actually discovered, even though it's been around forever and, and most horror watchers probably know about it, but um, I only just discovered it kind of right before October. And then I watched that first episode and then I launched into my horror challenge yeah. and there was nothing else for all of October. Um, one movie that I watched that I had not watched that's actually, um, you can watch the Joe Bob version of it as well on Shudder, is called One Cut of the Dead. It's a Japanese zombie comedy film and it's low budget and it's quite good. And so anybody who knows me knows that um, Asian horror is something that I like and like Mm -hmm. and care about and love and try to catch. And I just, you know, I hadn't been able to catch this one. Um, So it's subtitled and, but it's a zombie comedy (laughs) and it's, well crafted and it's made a lot of money because it is pretty famous now. And Joe Bob did a version of it, obviously uh, because it's got some twists that you don't expect type of thing. Mm -hmm. So I would really recommend it. Another movie I watched uh, was that I had not seen is a movie called housebound, Mm -hmm. which is from 2014. It's a New Zealand horror comedy that I didn't know anything about kind of going into watching it, which was, which is always really fun. And that was an, another fun thing about watching so many movies is that you really just have to push play mm-hmm. like, Oh, what's this click? You know, <laughs> I mean, there were points where I was like, okay, I really need a comedy or I really need something other than ghosts or I really, so I would go searching. Yeah. But most of the time I would just push play and, uh, it's, uh, how do I describe this? It was it's um <laughs> it was inspired by the horror film uh, after it was inspired by after watching Ghost Hunters on television. So it's got ghosties. It's uh the inspirations from like the Changeling and the Legend of Hill House. Mm. And I was just really surprised at how good it was. There was a foreboding, there was um there were funny bits, but it, to me, it mostly wasn't funny, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I know they're sort of saying it's a horror comedy, but it was it was good. So I would recommend that movie. Cool. I don't want to give too much of it away, obviously, because if people haven't seen it. And then the only one I would mention, another one that I would mention right now from my viewing of October is I was able to catch whatever happened to baby Jane mm. from 1962. It's That's a, a creepy psychological one. Psychological horror film um, with... Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, who were extremely famous for their offset um, issues. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, so when you're watching it and you're watching it from this perspective and you, and you know a little bit about their drama, their mm-hmm. personal drama, and then you're watching the personal drama of this flick, which is the plot concerns and, um, an aging actress is one of the sisters and uh, and her sister the is a paraplegic ex movie star who is actually more successful than her and, but is now a paraplegic. And so the aging former actress who has a bit of a mental condition, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> a bit. It has to take, you know, the paraplegic sister is totally dependent on the other sister. And, um, hilarity does not ensue there it's abusive and the performance betty davis's performance is exceptional and i love this movie i 
I hadn't watched it in a couple of decades, I mm-hmm. guess. And, you know, she's rated as like one of the top villains of all time. Oh, she's exceptional in this and for and now watching it as a psych person it's like oh i almost shoot. feel i mean as you're saying this i almost feel like we should do an episode on mommy dearest oh my gosh we could do an episode on this Bad moms. movie just <laughs> yep for mother's day oh hey so yeah. you heard it here kids because <laughs> mommy dearest i actually that's another one i saw as a child mm-hmm. um Oh my God! No more wire hangers. <laughs> oh my God! It's a- Joan Crawford has a <laughs> yeah. She's the good guy in this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just really enjoyed the rewatching of it. I there was a bunch of stuff I hadn't remembered, and I thought I'm gonna add this to my yearly sure. like October list because psychological horror to me is way creepier. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Um, you had a. I, I, yeah, I didn't know if you were done. Yeah, I am. Okay. You, you had a book you wanted to You know, talk this about. is the season. Mm-hmm. We're going, we're in California, it's getting nice and chilly here now. Southern California is getting nice and chilly. And so I love um, taking a break from all my psych books. <laughs> and uh, yeah. as much as I love to learn, mm-hmm. I also love to be scared. Yep. And um, I love ghost stories and horror books. And I'm always looking for new authors. As much as I love the the classic authors and they have solid books. I even like the ones that are just easy reads and are, are just, are just decent and fun. And so I'm right now I started on a new author. Her name's uh, well, she's not new, but new for me, uh, Darcy Coates. Mm -hmm. And I'm, have you ever heard of her? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm reading, um, Craven Manor right now. So it's, you know, coming off of Haunting Hill House and Bly Manor, all this, it's really kind of, um, it's gotten me into the mood of, some of these winter ghost stories, especially the way that they paint the beginning. Totally. And she describes just, you know, you can tell it's fall going into winter. Ah, cool. It's right now. It's right now. So just to give you a, and she has a ton of books, a ton of, they're easy, easy reads, but they're just fun. They're sometimes in our work, it's just nice to have something really mindless and easy. I love Stephen King, but they're 500 pages long. Sometimes I just want like, a Fair. 250 page book totally I, you know <laughs> totally um not that much of a commitment because i really want to read more of her stuff but it's daniel's desperate for a job when someone slides a note under his door offering him the groundskeeper's position at an old estate it seems too good to be true alarm bells start ringing when he arrives at craven manor the mansion's front door hangs open and leaves the cobwebs coat uh the marble foyer it's clear no one has lived there in a long time uh, but an envelope waits for him inside the doorway. It contains money and promises more. Daniel is desperate. Against his better judgment, he moves into the groundskeeper's cottage behind the crypt. He deter- he's determined to ignore the strange occurrences that plague the estate. But when a candle flickers to life in the abandoned tower window, Daniel realizes Craven Manor is hiding a terrible secret, one that threatens to bury him with it. And she writes in a way that it's horror, but it also has like an Agatha Christie kind of like flair a mystery, to it. A mystery. Yeah. Cause you know that there's stuff you, you, you start to get to know what's going on and you think you have all the information and then it takes this other turn. And you're like, Oh, there's a whole world. I don't so know. There's twisty. What yeah. was, what was that book called again? Craven Manor. Okay. Yeah. And she has a ton of them and yeah, um, I figure, but it seems like she, She's kind of like a like popcorn books yeah. for horror kind yeah, of yeah like twist. a like a Patterson you know where he has nice. a ton of them you can just kind of go through them they're not huge investments but they keep you so once you just that the great thing about that is once you discover an author like that I've done that recently actually with a couple maybe I'll talk about them next time um, 
And then you can just go down that rabbit hole of all their books. <laughs> well, the, and that's what I did with Jefferson Bass, who's the body farm guy who yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. tend to go back and sometimes I'll read like two, three of his and then stop for a few years and go back. Totally. But as we get into the season, I'll probably start to talk more about books because this is the time of year I like to sit in front of the fire and read read a book, not a Kindle, like open the book and just sit there with my tea and yeah totally yeah. dog ear the page yeah sometimes i mark them i actually have a stranger things bookmark okay yeah i feel like you've made a commitment yeah it's a good one all about it really okay. um thank you so much for listening everyone um happy november this is shrink chat my name is shannon and i'm kathy sleep safe everyone We hope you enjoyed this episode of Terror Talk. Please check out our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, sleep safe.